Good morning, Firewheel Bible Fellowship. How are we doing today? Today is the day of baptism. Today is the day of worship and of praise. And so since we're outside and we have all of these wonderful neighbors around us, we want to declare to them why we are gathered. And there is one name that is above every name. Would we all agree? So on three, we are going to declare his name. The Bible says that every knee will bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord. And so we are going to declare his name so loud that the concrete shakes. Y'all ready? Because the, the Bible tells us Jesus spoke that if we will not praise him, the very rocks will cry out. Let's give the rocks a break today. Let us be the ones that cry out. Let's declare his name on three. One, two, three. Jesus. One, two, three. Jesus. Jesus. Now let's stand together and worship. If you feel more comfortable sitting, by all means, to you who are at home, we love you. And we, we re rejoice in your air conditioning right now. <laughs> let's stand and sing together. Yours will be the only name that matters to me, the only one whose favor I see, the only name that matters to me. Yours will be friendship and affection I need to feel my body. The only name 
Thank you. Before Chris comes up, I just want to give a shout out to all the people that helped us this morning. I was here at 6 with Chris and Vanessa. They were animals. They were here before I was. And then at 7, a whole other crew of guys came in and did the chairs and helped us put everything together. We couldn't have done it without you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We work with a great team of people. These guys up here who volunteered to be up here in the heat, I love them all. So thank you. Yes, we do. A wonderful group of volunteers, but it's a family. We, we do this as a family, and this morning, we are gathered together as a family in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I made this statement last week, and it is equally applicable this morning, that we have the potential of stepping out of this pandemic and greater spiritual health than when we entered it. We have the potential of stepping out of this pandemic, this season that we are in, this bizarre, weird season that we are in, we have the potential of stepping out of this season and greater spiritual health than when we entered it. But it's going to require some legitimate effort on our part. Spiritual health doesn't just happen any more than spiritual health just happens. You see, just like we work out our physical bodies, we also need to work out our faith. Just as I've been saying since last week, hashtag building faith muscles, we've got to build spiritual faith muscles. Because if we're not careful and we are not working out our faith, what will happen is our faith will atrophy and we will only grow spiritually weaker with all of the spiritual symptoms that are associated with it. And so I have a few questions for you. What do you call a weightlifter that knows a lot about weightlifting, watches weightlifting on TV, dresses like a weightlifter, and even goes to the gym occasionally to watch other people lift weights? What do you call that person? Not a weightlifter. What do you call a college student that knows about college, reads a college course catalog, dresses like a college student, and even occasionally wanders around a college campus but never actually enrolls? What do you call that kind of person? I just heard my son. Um, I'm, I'm going to leave that between you and your son. Not a college student. So what do you call a Christian that knows something about the spiritual life, occasionally listens to things that are about the spiritual life, occasionally goes to church and watches other people live out the spirit-filled life, but never actually takes faith steps of their own? What do you call that person? not a Christian. We have an incredibly loose definition in our contemporary society of what a Christian is. We have made the boundaries so broad and we have afforded such incredible latitude that just about anyone can be considered a Christian. Well, I, you know, I grew up in a Christian household. My grandparents were believers. My parents were believers. I went to a Christian camp once. I listened to Christian radio. Well, I don't listen to Christian radio, but I have it preset on my radio. Occasionally, I will grace a church with my presence. Sure, I believe. 
And if a person asks me if I'm a believer in the Lord, I will respond with like a hesitant yes. But then look at the life to find that there's no actual indication that Christ has in any way, shape, or form taken up residence in that person's life. Like hook them up to a spiritual EKG machine and it just reads spiritual flatline. There should be, please do not miss this. There should be a distinct, profound, progressive evidencing of the work of Christ in a believer's life. I'm going to say that again. There should be a distinct, profound, progressive evidencing of the work of Jesus in a believer's life. And yes, I recognize that the Bible makes some concession for people to be saved by the skin of their teeth. But the last time I checked, there ain't a whole lot of skin on teeth. Because the Bible also makes it painfully clear that there are those who believe themselves to be Christian, yet in the end, will only hear the words that should make our blood run cold. I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. The early church and the earlier followers of Jesus were so peculiar that culture did not even know what to call them. Because these people talked about Jesus. They followed his teaching. They lived lives that were odd and distinct from everything else in culture. These were not just religious people. What was so profound is these were actually common folk who were profoundly changed. And one of the reasons that people looked in and saw them as peculiar or distinct is because they were. And not knowing what to call them, they called them Christian, which at the time was really derogatory. They essentially were calling them Jesus people. They were doers. They actually did what Jesus taught. Isn't that a profound thought? Can you imagine believers actually doing what Jesus has taught us? They lived the radical spirit-filled life evidenced by real tangible action. Okay, they were doers of the word. They were not just hearers. They heard what was taught and they did it. They were not just don't Okay, and I realize that's not a word. But what I mean by don't err is a person that hears the word taught and then goes, I don't do that. Or worse, hears the word and goes, I won't do that. Well, this morning we are going to look at the difference between a doer and a don't err. It is like the difference between a person who talks about weightlifting and then the person who actually lifts weights. It's like the difference between a person who talks about going to college, and I'm not going to mention whoever's son was mentioned, but it's like, men, it's like a person who talks about going to college and a person who actually does it. And it is the difference between a person who just talks about Jesus and one who actually lives Jesus. So James chapter 1 you have a Bible or a phone, scroll there, flip there, 
or if you have the book of James memorized, just get there in your mind. James chapter 1, verse 22. Oh, yeah, let's open our Bibles. They say word. Yeah, man, I forgot about that part. Thank you all for not letting me forget. We are getting in the word. James chapter 1, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves now described here are two different people two different types of people both of them hear the word taught but both respond in radically different ways you see one hears the word and does it the bible calls them a doer one hears the word and doesn't do it, the Bible calls them, or I call them this morning, a don't-er. And so here's, a, uh, here's just a quick breakdown. I'm going to paint for you a picture, a word picture of the difference between a doer and a don't-er. A doer hears the words and builds their life on Jesus and his teachings. A don't-er hears the word, but then builds their life on something or someone else. The Bible calls that sand. The doer is like fertile soil, so that when the word of the seed is cast into their life, it takes root and produces abundant spiritual fruit. A don't-er is like hard path or rocky soil, or thorn-filled soil. The seed lands in their life, but it produces no, zero, zip-zilch spiritual fruit. A doer does. A don't-er doesn't. A doer experiences the incredible spiritual blessings. A don't-er only reads about them or hears about that in somebody else's life. A doer is spiritually healthy. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 reminds us that it is God who works in us. We do not bring about the spiritual life in ourselves. It is God who works in us both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You see, will is a powerful thing. A spiritually healthy person will surrender their will to the will of God. By the way, that is the only appropriate use of the will. They will surrender their will, and God will work through them to do works that bring him glory. A doer is a doer. A don't-er is spiritually deceived. And y'all, I want to tell you right now that there is an incredible amount of spiritual self-deception and denial that can take place in a person's life. People will create some bizarre hodgepodge of spiritual belief and self-help jargon. You see, the spiritually deceived person literally can have the path of Christ stretch out in front of them willfully choose not to walk it to take another road and yet somehow convince themselves and others around them that they are on the right path even though they are plowing down the spiritual highway in the wrong direction foot stuck on the accelerator the only thing that will come will be the eventual spiritual collapse and crash of the life 
James describes the don't errs. In James chapter 1, verse 23 and 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, that is, he hears the word and goes, I don't do that, or worse, I won't do that. He is like or she is like a person who looks intently at their natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself or she looks at herself and goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. Y'all, the mirror does not lie. It tells us the truth if we are willing to hear its narrative. If we are willing to really look at ourselves, and when I say look at ourselves, I mean really look at ourselves. And I'm not talking about those times. Some of us look at ourselves way too much. I mean, let's be real. Okay, I'm not talking about the selfie snaps. I'm not talking about the flexing poses or that duck lip thing. You don't know what I'm talking about? The duck lip? Some of you are like, uh, I don't know nothing about that. Delete, 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 delete. <laughs> I'm talking about deeper. Like looking through the windows of our souls, like looking within, beneath the bravado and the masks that we wear, trying to convince every, everyone around us and even God that everything's cool. I'm talking beneath the career and beneath the Botox and beneath the fancy cars and beneath the addictions. Like the soul. The mirror can reveal the state of our soul where we stop and we really look at ourselves and we reflect on our own spiritual life. You see, the don't-er will look at themselves and they'll, they'll find a massive spiritual void where there should be a spiritual geyser of living water. Something that should be there isn't. And they will just decide, I don't care and I won't do anything about it recognizing the incredible spiritual void, they will immediately walk away and forget everything they saw. They are like the person who sees their face, their natural face in the mirror, and then walks away and forgets what they look like. But you see, family, a doer of the word will look in the mirror and they'll recognize the incredible spiritual void where something should be there isn't. And then they will look into the scriptures and will hear the word taught and they won't fight it. They won't try to create their own path, some complex spiritual algorithm that is in the end only death. They will humble themselves and they will take the posture of surrender and willingness. Y'all, the spiritual life is not that complicated. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom. Blessed is the person who surrenders their life to the king and relinquishes their rights to the throne. I am not the God of my own life. I surrender my life to you, Lord Jesus. James 1.25, the one who looks, the doer who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty. It is the word that sets us free, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He or she will be blessed in their doing. You see, the spiritually healthy person will look into the scriptures, will recognize that the scriptures do not shackle us as some suppose. 
As Jesus has declared, abide in my word and you will truly be my disciples and you will know the truth. And it is the truth that sets us free. So many people in this world today are not experiencing the true miraculous blessings that could be ours right now. There are so many people in the church who are not experiencing the incredible spiritual blessings that are literally ours in Jesus simply because they hear and do not do. Y'all, it starts at the very beginning. If you're going to live a spiritual life, you are going to need a spiritual source. And to have a spiritual source, you are going to need a spiritual savior. Because the Bible declares that we are spiritually separated. We are spiritually dead. Flatlined. We don't just need our hearts revived. We need a new heart. The Bible declares that it begins with the gospel when we recognize that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for our sins. Not just an intellectual knowledge, but an awareness, an awakening within. He has died for my sins. I recognize that I am guilty before God. That Jesus has died for my sins and I'm spiritually sick and I can't save myself. That Romans 10, 9, that I confess I use actual words. I articulate with my mouth what is happening in my heart. I confess that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. And you know what happens at that very moment? The Bible declares you are saved. There are so many people who do not want to start there. In fact, they want to begin their Christian life without first bending their knee to Jesus. Like, I'm going to hang around Jesus long enough and he's going to understand why I don't bend my knee to him. And he'll just kind of, he'll just kind of welcome me in and I'll be able to get in the side door because I really don't want to surrender myself. Philippians chapter two puts that ideology to rest. God has highly exalted Jesus and has bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bend and every tongue confess that he is Lord. That is where the spiritual life begins. Family, if you cannot remember a time in your life where you truly bent your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you cannot remember a time in your life where you truly articulated with your mouth, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me on the cross. I confess you were Lord. If you cannot remember a time I want to be honest that I don't know how to reconcile that with the scriptures or even my own experience. Because I believe that the spiritual life begins when we first confess with our mouth real words out loud, our words moved by our hearts. Lord Jesus, I believe. I believe you died for me. I believe you've risen. Please save my life. I surrender. I wave the white flag. I'm done being the God of my own life. Please save my life and come into my heart. My life is yours. And it's at that very moment, that very moment of surrender, as those surrendered words leave our mouths and we take our first spiritual breath, <gasps> where the holy breath fills our life, Jesus comes and takes residence within our hearts and souls. And the Bible declares we are born again. 
No matter how long you've been hanging around the spiritual life, that is where it begins. There is no other way into the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit who will humble themselves before the king. We then start to learn about the spiritual life. We hear the word taught and we hear it read and we listen and we learn and we learn that believers are to be baptized. That literally every time a person expressed faith in the book of Acts, they were almost all immediately baptized. Just as Jesus was baptized. You see, the early church, they had this peculiar practice. They didn't have portable tubs like this. They would go to public places like rivers and lakes. And they would all gather up together outside. And people would see this. And they would watch as people would be going down into the water often while hymns were being sung. And these folks would be expressing something out loud. And they would be lowered into the water and they would come up and there would be rejoicing. And people would look in and go, what is that? And they would go, baptizo, baptism. They're expressing their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in tangible action. That is where we walk. We follow Christ. We enter into this strange practice. We become like Jesus' people. Y'all, this water this morning was fresh poured, but it's ancient. And this morning we are going to see uh, believers who are taking that next step of faith in their life. I hope you are encouraged and challenged in your spiritual life. What's your next spiritual step? Where are you at in your spiritual life? Have you first begun by bending your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ? This could be the most important day, the most significant day in your life. This day, this moment in time can change your life forever for eternity. Maybe your next spiritual step is saying, yeah, you know what? I want to be baptized. I want to follow the Lord and believers' baptism. True faith, evidenced by action, unleashes divine power in your life. Maybe your next step is saying, you know what? I'm going to prioritize. I'm going to really live the spiritual life. I saw those folks who get baptized. They took tangible steps. They did it in front of others. I, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to start my day spiritually. I'm going to get into the word I want to grow. I'm going to put myself in positions and postures to grow. I'm going to connect to true Christ-centered community. I'm not just going to grace the church with my presence every now and then. I'm going to be a person who comes and is here and is growing. Radical things are going to start happening in your life. We begin to disciple our own kids. We don't just drop them off at children's church. We show up and we learn how to disciple our own children. We grow in our marriages. Y'all, marriages right now are on the rocks. We can have real spiritual marriages. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Live a spiritually healthy marriage. We can live out more and more spiritual life in Jesus. And the more we grow, and the more we talk about Jesus, the more we live out Christ, and the more people see changes in our life. And it's not just for the married folks, it's for the singles. The singles who say, you know what? I'm not just going to shack up. I'm not just going to pretend. But if I'm going to be with somebody, it is going to be I do until death do us part. We are going to live out radical spiritual lives. And you know what? Here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy about the true spiritual life. Others are going to see it in you before you do.
This is not the thing where you walk up and go, hey, have you seen me spiritually lately? Dude, I am spiritually growing. It's usually people who come up to you and who are like, okay, look, I've known you for a long, long time. Something is radically different about you. What is it? And it's not going to be some book, some self-help thing. It's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ has taken up residence in my life. And there is this progressive work. And I would love to share the spiritual life with you as well. And as we grow in real faith, we are blessed and we are blessings to others. So family, I just have one question for you. Stand before the spiritual mirror in the heart of your own mind right now. Which one are you? Are you a doer or are you a don't-er? Are you a doer who hears the word and says, I am going to do that? Or are you a person who hears the word and says, I don't do that? Or even worse, I won't do that. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning for your word and for your truth, spiritual truth. We need spiritual truth. This morning we approach you together and we pray that you would move in power here in this place just as the wind is moving. May your spirit move among us. If you were here this morning and you are hearing the word of God, you are hearing Jesus call you by name, that you are saying yes this morning, I will surrender my life to the Lord Jesus. I will confess him as Lord and I will believe in my heart that he has risen from the dead. If today is the day where you are placing your faith in Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask that you take a real faith step with our eyes closed and our heads bowed. I want you to raise your hand up here this morning. No one's watching you. No one's looking at you. You want to receive Jesus this morning as your personal Lord and Savior to say, yes, I believe. Then take a tangible step. I give you my life. This morning, if this is the day of surrender for you, where you have believed in Jesus, you have received him, but you have wandered away, and you desire to surrender your life to him fresh and anew this morning, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand. It is waving the white flag. I surrender, Lord Jesus. Okay. With our heads bowed, Lord Jesus, we confess with our mouth that you are Lord. We believe in our hearts that you have risen from the dead. We know that you are our Savior. Please save us afresh and anew from our sins. Surrender. Bring a spirit of surrender to our hearts and our minds. We desire to honor you with our whole life. We pray this morning as those who are being baptized come up that you would move in our presence as those who are confessing their life as intangible action, doers of your word. May they stir in us a greater sense of faith to follow you, Jesus, and to give you more of our lives. It is for your glory and your honor, Lord Jesus, that we gather. We pray this all in your name. Amen. I'd like to invite those who are being baptized this morning to come up.
to family members and friends, please feel free to come around. Church, come around. Church, come on. Stay under the pop-ups. I know it's hot. I know the sun is hot. But believers have been gathering around the place of baptism from the very beginning. They started in the Jordan in the Sea of Galilee. As the gospel spread, every body of water, just like the Ethiopian eunuch who Philip led to Christ, saw a little piece of water and said, why can't I be baptized? This morning we watch the miracle of believer's baptism. Hey, Steve, could you hold this mic for me? First up to be baptized is Jeremiah. Jeremiah, come on up. And believed in his heart that God raised him from the dead. Today is not only the day where he declared his, his own salvation, the Lord has declared him a believer, and now he's being baptized. Jeremiah, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins? Have you placed your faith in him? Then Jeremiah, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ and raised to walk a new life. Next up, we have Jason. Jason, come on up. Jason is 10 years old. He gave his life to Christ at his previous church. And he felt like this is the time for him to be baptized. Please step into the tub. Jason, is it your testimony that you've received Jesus as your savior? Do you believe God raised him from the dead? Is he your savior? then it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk a new life. Pretty amazing, right? This is Grandma Lynette. This is a proud grandma. Next up, we have Jedediah Carroll. Just this week, he gave his life to Jesus with mom and dad. We had the privilege of introducing him to the Lord. And now is the day of his baptism. Jedediah Truth Carol. <laughs> Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe he raised from the dead? Is Jesus your savior? My son, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk in new life. Next up, we have Bryson and Dad Blake. 
Bryson just this week confessed his faith and trusted in the Lord Jesus as his savior with both his mom and his dad. What a moment in time, right? And now he's following the Lord in believer's baptism. Bryson, it is a your testimony that Jesus Christ is your Lord and savior. Do you believe he died for your sins? Do you trust in him? Then your dad baptizes you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk a new life. Next up, we have Brenda Todd. Brenda filled out the online form for baptism. You see, Brenda's been a believer for a long time. And she and I had a long conversation because many times in her life, she felt like she should be baptized, but then it, it got to be a point where it had been so long. She gonna be baptized now? And she heard the series of messages about taking real tangible faith steps. And God's been powerfully working through her and in her heart and life during this pandemic. And she's growing spiritually. And she made the decision that the time is now to take this faith step. And so Brenda, is it your testimony that you've received the Lord Jesus as your savior? Yes. And it is your desire to follow him, isn't it? Okay, then Brenda, I'm gonna tell you, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk a new life. Let that be an encouragement to us. Sometimes those voices in our head, they just lie. They tell us not to take spiritual steps. It's been too long. I should have done that. I didn't do that, so I won't do that. Don't listen to those voices. Listen to the Spirit of God that says it's time to take that spiritual step. Next up, we have Stephen. We had a very similar conversation. Multiple times in his life, he felt like the Lord was calling him to believer's baptism. And each time as it approached, he took a step back. But last week he was watching the message and he heard the word about being a real person of faith to take real faith steps. And he filled out the form and I talked to him and he said, I'm ready to be baptized. And the next, I, I got, I'm not gonna get ahead of myself. This is just incredible. And so Stephen, is it your testimony that you've received Jesus as your savior? Yes. And you're making the public commitment to live your life for him for, him, for here on out. Yes. Brad. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk a new life. So Stephen called me and he goes, hey, I've been telling my sister about what the Lord's doing in my life. Is it okay if she's baptized too? And so this is Lindsay. Lindsay has been a believer and she feels that this is time for her to take that next faith step. And so Lindsay, is it your testimony that you've received the Lord Jesus as your savior? Do you desire to live for him? The old is gone. The new has come. Lindsay, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ raised to walk a new life.
Y'all, this is Chloe. She's been attending Firewheel for a while. And we had a conversation. And as we, as we talked, she, she relayed that she's been hearing the word and she's been listening to the word and, and she's been hearing about the Lord and she's seeing changes in her life. And I asked her, I said, when was the day that you confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you told him you believe and you invited him into your life? And she goes, well, I, I don't know if I've done that yet. And so over the phone, I shared with her the gospel and she professed with her mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and she believes in her heart that God raised him from the dead and at that moment I was able to share with her that you are saved, that the angels in heaven are celebrating you. And this morning she desires to follow the Lord now in believer's baptism. So Chloe, is it your testimony? You've received the Lord as your personal savior. Do you believe Jesus is risen from the grave? And do you desire to live for him? The old is gone. The new has come. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ and raised to walk a new life. August 23rd, 2020, big, big stuff. Life-changing stuff. So this is Tristan. Tristan Bosley, get in this tub. So we had a conversation this week. And as I was talking to Tristan, because you know, as we're, we're talking about baptism, sometimes people just, they, they get baptized, they don't really know why or what it's about. And so I asked Tristan about his faith and when he gave his life to Christ, he goes, 8, 18, 19. I want you to hear this. This is one of the most significant things I've heard. He said, as Michael Newman, that is Leah Newman's husband, our children's pastor, was sharing and teaching. He heard the Lord call him by name and to call him to faith. And so on 8, 18, 19, which happened to be Michael Newman's birthday, you told me, Tristan gave his life to the Lord. And now just about a year later, he is following the Lord in believer's baptism. And so Tristan, is it your testimony that you've received Jesus as your savior? you desire to live for Jesus, then it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk a new life. All right, next we have a, a mom and a son. This is wonderful. Hey, Jess, why don't you come up first? Because then you can be a part of Elijah's baptism. So Jess has been a believer. And she feels like at this time, this is that next faith step that she is going to take. And, and what's so amazing and so incredible is that she is sharing with her family and her son about her faith in Jesus. And he also is being baptized today, mom and son. And so Jess, is it your testimony that you've received the Lord as your personal savior? and it is your desire to live for him. The old is gone, the new has come. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk in new life. And so Jess, why don't you come around over here? Elijah, come on up. 
This is one sharp young guy. He asked me some incredibly deep spiritual questions. We have some great talks. Come on up. And it is his testimony that he received Jesus. We had a great conversation this week. So I've said it, but Elijah, is that your testimony that you've received Jesus as your savior and you desire to live for him? Then Elijah, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ, raised to walk a new life. Who's next? So you're here today. What's stopping you? If this is your next spiritual step, don't worry about your clothes, you'll dry. Take the phone out of your pocket. The tub is open. Is there anybody else who would like to follow the Lord and believers baptism? If you've received Jesus, there is, there is nothing that is stopping you this, this afternoon. Is there anybody else who wants to be baptized? Going once. Next time. We'll talk more about it. The little ones are like, isn't it amazing from the mouth of babes he has declared praise? It's the little ones who get it. All right, y'all, this has been a wonderful time of worship. Let's give our, our praise to the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your grace and allowing us to know you. We thank you for inviting us into spiritual life. Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for stirring our hearts to believe in your son. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us new life and Holy Spirit filling us with true spiritual breath. Thank you for the testimonies this morning of those who have placed their faith in you, Jesus, and those who have followed you in baptism. May that strengthen and encourage our faith as we step out into this week. Bless the food that we're about to enjoy together. Bless the fellowship in the community. And Lord, as you have blessed us, may we have the privilege of being a blessing to others. That is reasonable service. May we serve you this week. We pray that in your name. Amen. All right, family, we got a lot going on around the church this week. Please check your email. That'll come out. If you've brought an offering this morning, it is about generosity. That is our act of worship. We have an offering box back here. You're free to drop an offering. That is between you and the Lord. You can also give online. But family, it is time to go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak help the suffering, and share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all till we meet again, same time, same place next week with AC. And do not forget, family, you are loved. Hamburgers are set out. Grab yourself some shade and some fellowship. We'll see you next time. Oh, hey, we need help. If you want to be of service, yeah, tangible doers doing some acts of service. We need some help breaking down, stacking chairs. A bunch of people will make it a real small job. Hang out after the meal and help us break down. You're loved. Okay, if it has a C on the bag, it's a cheeseburger. If it has nothing on the bag, it's a burger. Y'all enjoy.